Malo Soifua. Welcome to Champions of the Pacific, where we celebrate Pacifica giving their all on and off the field. I'm Tale Anderson. Come to Māori, I'm Vinnie Wiley. Today we discuss the challenge of young Pacifica rugby players dealing with agents promising the world and hear from an unsung hero behind some of New Zealand's top rugby teams. Now imagine you're 18 years old playing first 15 rugby and dreaming of turning your talent into a full-time career. A player agent taps you on the shoulder and says they want to sign you right now. But if you don't, you could miss out altogether. What would you do? Tupo Sopoanga says that's exactly what happened to two of his club teammates at the recent Super Rugby Aotearoa Under-20s competition. The former Super Rugby and NRL player and Pacific Rugby Players Chairman Hale Tapore joined us to discuss player agents and how up-and-coming Pacifica rugby players can be supported. I mean, it's been happening for years at the end of the day where Pacific Islander kids are getting hamstrung to sign with a specific agent because um, they've mentioned their pipeline of players they've got or they've mentioned, I guess, career opportunities for them. So um, I guess the issue that um, happened with one of the boys on my team, uh, we've got two two kids who played in that um, Hurricanes under-20s team. Um, both of them ended up going to play for New Zealand, or getting selected for New Zealand under-20s, which was great. Um, they came back both being, I guess, pretty excited. Both had a good tournament. And at the same time, they're really young, so fresh out of high school, kind of like the world at their feet, but at the same time, not really sure how to navigate their career. Uh, one of the boys asked, um, or he just mentioned to me about the next steps on who to sign as an agent. And um, we had short conversation. I just asked him, well, what has brought this up? And um, ultimately, he said a few comments that were pretty, uh, I guess, pretty normal. I mean, not normal, but the kind of what we've seen over the years. Uh, one of them said, you know, if you don't sign with us, um, you might not be able to get a potential Super Rugby contract or a Maritime Cup contract. Another comment was, uh, we've got XYZ players. You need to sign with us or else you might not get selected like the players that we've got in, in our agency. There's also another comment around, you know, if we sign to us, um, we'll be able to get you a contract straight away. So for myself, being a bit older, it's really sad to see, to, to hear, especially hearing it from a young 18-year-old kid. I mean, the 18-year-old kid that I was speaking to, he doesn't have a father, so he kind of doesn't really understand, I guess, what the right decision is. At the end of the day, uh, he will just go off, I mean, what his gut feeling is, if that makes sense, or whoever can convince him to give him the best deal who, who can sell them their services. Uh, one of them actually tried to get um, him to sign on the spot too. So I guess pretty sad to hear when that's... These are kids at the end of the day, um, young Pacific Island kids, who don't really know what the right decision is because um, there's so many out there. Hale, what, what do you make of um, what Tupo was just talking about, about um, the pressure that those kids are under? And is there anyone that they can talk to, you know, if they're wanting help for those kind of decisions? It's a nightmare to deal with. Uh, worldwide, uh, with especially kids and especially um, our players from the island. I always tell the kids, every island kids will somehow connect it to a, a player that will be respected by the agent. Tubes could tap into Lima. I, I advise all the, the agent, uh, the, the Pacific Island family, Pacific Island kids, whether it's his uncle and his wife knows say if it's Wellington, those Philo Tietje's parents, make that connection. And then whoever's dealing them, and he takes one call for Philo just to say, hey, bro, so the agent, oh, yeah, this kid here, those parents reach out, how's it going? You know, it's simple as that, that they will just straighten up sometimes, or we call it a cowboy agent. <laughs> but the majority of it in New Zealand are, are good men. Um, I deal with a lot of them. 
they've done that a few times. They, a majority of them deal with island kids. And my advice to uh, is always, to, uh, I'm here. I'm here for the rubble players here. There's uh, some good people at NZRPA. If it's too hard to reach them at that point, mate, just say, I know uh, Artie's parents. Artie will ring the guy. Hey, man, this kid here. And they're just straightening up the agent in a way. So that's more my advice at that time because it's still an ongoing China educate our Pacific Island family and kids. Tupor, you obviously played first 15 for Wellington College. I think you played NZ schools and then you went to the NRL. So did you have rugby and league scouts both in your ear or contacting you? Well, what, what made league the right choice and, and how did the process of signing happen? I came through the Wellington systems, uh, Wellington Academy, 16s, Hurricane schools and after that tournament, literally an NRO agent came to my house and um, just knocked on my door and then had a conversation with my parents. And then um, I guess a couple of weeks later, we had another conversation around, uh, I guess, potential opportunity at the Bulldogs, which is the under-20s, in um, training with their first-grade team. Yeah, that was like, oh, cool, sweet. So that there's potential there. The Bulldogs ended up sending their scouts or whatever. And then after that, New Zealand secondary schools game, my or the, the agent, my agent at the time, came to my house and just offered me a. Well, we had the contract with, with him, and then he just walked me through it, and I had I think it was like two weeks to decide, and then I just decided to go with them because I just thought it was right for for me financially. My parents were pretty fresh at the time too, so they just thought, oh, that's a good deal. And then after my last exam, I headed over to uh, to the Bulldogs. Looking back. Are you still happy with the decision you made? Do you feel like you were rushed or pressured in any way? Uh, I definitely feel like I was pressured, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, I wouldn't change any of the decision because you know I was, I've been able to do some pretty cool things. You know, play in the NRL, I guess go to World Cups and whatnot. But definitely at the time, I was pretty young to make the decisions. And even though my uh, my family are New Zealand-born Samoans in Cook Islands, they were still pretty. The easy word to say is a bit fresh <laughs> to make the decisions. But uh, at the time, I didn't. I didn't really have. We didn't have anyone else that was. Um, or sorry, that was like maybe twenty-two or twenty-one that were playing in the Hurricanes or whatnot that we could go to. It was just just before that was my brother, and that's it. Hale, you're obviously a little bit older, um, and you you obviously got recruited at eighteen to come from Tonga to New Zealand to to, to play your final year of school. And what, what was your experience of making your way in the professional ranks? And what support did you have? Nah, nothing. I think um, we just, even to, to sign up from school to Otago, straight out of school from Wesley to come to Otago, was just like, you know, we, we went to the, the Envira. They they watched myself and Selala play Mapsua for Wesley and then uh, invited us the next week. Uh, Otago came back up to play counties, I think, and we went and watched that. Went into the hotel, team hotel, shook in with the manager, and the way we went, we turned up January that following year without any agents. But I don't think agents weren't that big at that time. Ninety nine, I had my first agent two thousand and one when when they started coming out, and then obviously was we went to all the the union, and then then that's when they all started academies, and and there was part of the, the workshop you do once a month or whatever they educate you on these it's important to have agents to represent you but uh, I didn't really have anyone to help out earlier on in my career and bringing it back full circle to Paul uh, your two teammates who you said made the NZ schools uh, have they signed with the agent Um, have they got a professional contract in the works 
Um, both of them haven't signed. They're just doing their due diligence at the moment. You know, they're pretty hot property over the last um, couple of weeks. Caught up with both of the uncles and I just gave them my thought on what they should do. Also, some people they should talk to as well um, because it's quite important to get around um, other people and get their opinion. Um, I guess, obviously, you know, people who can make it or help make that decision a lot easier for them. Um, ultimately, it can help make them choose the agency that's going to work best for them um, for the future. So play agents definitely have have a great place for, for the game. I think with kids at the moment, you just need to educate yourself and also be aware of, I guess, young young cowboys who are trying to find their, um, their gym to make it big for their own agency or whatnot. Yeah, it's definitely a tricky issue, isn't it, Tale? Um, I guess uh, Tapal has quite a unique point of view because he played both in the NRL, so experienced you know, the, the agents from that competition uh, and also, you know, played professional rugby as well. So he's kind of seen it from both sides and, you know, he's got a bit of perspective. Yeah, that's it, right. And it was also nice to hear um, him and Halle say, you know, when when there are players who might need um, some guidance or some advice, just you can just kind of flick a message to anyone um, within the community and everyone's kind of willing to help out or um, share some advice. So um, great to hear that there's that support there. It's been 24 years since Ezra Upoli played a game of rugby, but the Petone Club stalwart has never been more involved with the sport he loves. The Scots College alumni was one year away from completing a graphic design degree when he suffered a nasty hand injury during a game, which affected his studies and led him to hang up his boots before his 21st birthday. But what started as a major setback pushed him into an all-new career path, which sees him now rubbing shoulders with the biggest and brightest names in New Zealand rugby. I couldn't have scripted, um, to be honest. I, I, it's amazing. It's been a crazy old journey going to and fro, not really knowing where I was going to end up. But I mean, I'm obviously everything happens for a reason, and I'm I'm where I'm meant to be. I, I believe. And with the rugby, I mean, I had to give away a game that I was really passionate about playing. But to think that obviously, you know, twenty odd years later, I'm, I'm actually working in the game. Obviously, um, you know, for for our, our national body, but also have a um, really love what I'm doing at the grassroots and at the community game with my home club. Um, you know, where I grew up. So I never would have thought I'd, I'd be where I am. But I'm, I'm really blessed to, to be here. And, and how did it go from being a concierge to, to, to NZR? When I wanted to get into the workforce, I, the, the reason I approached the Intercontinental was Park Royal at the time, but I literally walked in and wanted to have a meeting with the Human Resources Manager at the time. Um, about a year or two before that, we had a family holiday to Thailand and in, in Bangkok. We stayed at a, a place called the Indra Regent, which was something like a seven-star hotel. Or I don't even know if they go that high, but it was pretty swanky. Um, but I just had this fascination with how front office operated. I just loved walking in and the porters and the concierge and guest services and receptionists and thought I'd love to give that a shot one day not having any experience in hospo um, so yeah the back end of obviously my studies I thought I'd I'd find the hotel which I thought was probably the best hotel in Wellington which at the time Park Rural now the Intercontinental strolled on in wanted to yeah to arrange a, a meeting and, and hopefully maybe pick up some work there started as a porter then moved into concierge and managed that desk for about six odd years and then they created a role for New Zealand, for a concierge in New Zealand rugby and I, I didn't um, sort of really understand what that kind of role entailed and, and from a New Zealand rugby perspective but after a meeting there and, and I guess I found out what that role did was made up of I thought I, I didn't really need to think twice and, uh, and there I was and I did that for six odd years and now in a different role there with the organisation um, and obviously working in rugby it's um, yeah it's, it's kind of for me the best of both worlds and ticks all the boxes so I'm, I'm pretty happy. 
And how has that enabled you to stay connected with the game? As you say, you don't play anymore, but uh, you obviously like helping young players and you see young Māori Pacifica as well and sort of a bit of a mentor to them or offering them some guidance. Uh, is it your job that's enabled you to sort of have that sort of uh, dual function or, or have you just done a lot of stuff in your own time off the field as well at, at that grassroots level? Yeah, when you talk about working with with the young people, it's something I um I grew up um in the church, and my my father's a, a minister of religion, so he was ordained as the Presbyterian minister in the seventies. Um, I was born into um uh, the the obviously a, a you know a, a minister's family, and we've only ever known the church, and that was, I guess, on the on the weekends growing up, that was um that was what we did. You know, we had um, Sunday school, and you know, I looked after the youth group and the choir and. In the senior youth group, and that's so that sort of that that pastoral care, that kind of that that tutorage, that leadership, I guess, was harnessed and developed and managed through there. And then, obviously, rugby being a sport that I love and am and passionate about, you're able to kind of do the both, and so a lot of things sort of integrate. Um, and then, obviously, now working with New Zealand rugby, I get to work with some of our national teams and some of the, I guess, the elite coming through. Um, you know that sort of NZ schools and NZ twenty space. So to be able to, I guess, use the skills that I was kind of raised with through through church and through through rugby and that and um, I'm, I'm where I, I want to be and, and meant to be and I'm really really grateful for that. You know you had a bit more adversity last year in terms of uh, losing a limb as well uh, was that unexpected uh, how, and how did you handle that situation? Yeah it was it was unexpected um, basically just a, a bit of a break in the skin with a, a blister of all things and um, unfortunately there was an infection um, which came about uh, in my lower limb and my right leg and through the through the leg and into the bone. I mean, I I, I guess I have to mention diabetes as well because that played a part as well. My parents have been diabetic for a number of years, and and as um, although I was getting um, you know checks as regularly as possible, I was cleared of it. Unfortunately, it's um, it obviously sprung on me and compounded the infection that I had. So it meant um, yeah a, a lower limb amputation below my calf. So um, yeah, that happened in February of last year. So. It was pretty, pretty dark sort of time for me, and obviously up until then I'd sort of been really satisfied and happy with what I'd achieved. And and to be honest, I it almost broke me. But I think I, you know, it was a lot of reflection, a lot of um, I guess remembering my faith and my why when I was lying there in hospital and understood, gee, you know, there's a lot of people that are a lot worse off, and um, and I've just got to understand that things will come right slowly, and things are obviously a lot more measured now, but yeah, I think I look at it and think, well, you know, I mean, it's disabled me somewhat, but the main disability is, is really my attitude towards it, so as long as I'm on top of that, I think I'll be all right, and um, so far, so good. And I guess you've spent the majority of your career helping others. Did, did your family, did the, the rugby community, did they sort of surround you as well and, and help you in your time of need they were they were massive for me more than i'd ever dreamed and 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 wanted to be honest it was um there's a part there's a part of me obviously growing up that if things didn't get done i was just happy to to do them get them done and I'd, i never really wanted to rely on others to to sort of get things done uh, around me whether it be whatever i was involved in so when, like you say, when it's in your time of need, I really struggled with that sort of attention and that people sort of reaching out to help because I, I, I just I, I struggled with with that. But like, like I say, I mean, my family were huge for me, and and, and obviously New Zealand rugby as well. They were, um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I honestly, I just words couldn't really express just uh, my gratitude towards them, and um, yeah, really, 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 really lucky with the way that um that they looked after me and got me back on my feet, so to speak. Excuse the pun. Just a really inspiring uh, man, uh, Ezra Upele. Um, he, he seems to be a guy that just wants to give back, just just somebody that loves the game and just wants to give it everything he's got.
Indeed, and he's going to have a busy couple of months coming up as well. I'm working with Māori All Blacks, uh, the New Zealand Under-20s and New Zealand schools, so very busy with the upcoming uh, Pacifica tests. And if you want to hear more from champions of the Pacific like Ezra Yupele, you can find us online at rnz.co.nz and click on the Pacific tab, or we broadcast into the region on RNZ Pacific and RNZ National. You can also download us from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Be sure to tune in next week when we speak to the Queen of Cook Islands Netball. Until then, look at Mule. Kakite. Ka